Welcome to the Rogue and Learning Podcast, where we talk about unlearning beliefs that no longer serve us and much more. We are your host, Aisha, aka Shante, and Ejiro, aka Ejiro. Join us bi weekly for a new episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Rogue on Learning. Also, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, hey, don't forget to leave us a five star rating. Wink, wink. Um, I'll start now. Season five, episode three, history series, Joloff Empire. Hey, everyone, welcome back to another episode. Welcome to another episode. Quick disclaimer. I know people, I have had a couple of people say to me, Adri, your voice is always low. Look, I'm trying my best. I'm just going to say right now, um, I just fought for my life over the week. I've, I've been fighting for my life. The flu was, that flu came with boxing gloves. I have never had the flu in my life before. And then I had it and it came with boxing gloves. So I've been fighting for my life. Excuse my voice. This is the best. I am trying my best. It's 2023. Please. I'm trying my best. Yes. Now that that's out of the way. (laughs) Hope everyone is doing well. (laughs) Hope you guys are not fighting for your life like I was. Um... Yeah, all to all the people considered. who are supposed to get their PVCs, you hmm. know, and I was supposed to have voted. We hope I it can't went well wait. This episode will come out. Yeah, it will come out the after the election. But in as much as this will come out after the election, I do have a couple of things on my spirit. Wow. So if we're ready to get into on my yeah, spirit, let's let's get to the spirit. Okay, thank you very much. Wait, I we can get, get to the spirit before we introduce it, right? Oh, so sorry. Um, yeah, I'm so I'm so pumped about my spirit. I forgot my manners. Um, guys, this this episode is about the Jalof Empire, and we have a very special guest with us today. Yeah, who's come from that empire? I uh, can tell us. <laughs> Yeah. Um, not so special but yeah yeah we have ibrahim <laughs> with us here today ibrahim do you just want to say hi introduce just yourself. introduce yourself just your name maybe what you do and uh, if you're excited about yeah. the episode please say yes so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so hello everyone my name is ibrahim i'm a software developer uh, i'm based in montreal and i come partly from senegal and the other part just in case is Niger, not Nigeria, but Niger. Yay! Thank you for being here with us today. Today's going to be a good one. I feel it's going to be a good one. So can can we do it on my spirit now? Yeah, go ahead. Because apparently, like, it's just a to pop out. It's about to come out. Okay, yeah. a couple of things. The first one, like I already said, I already talked about the flu. So the first thing on my spirit is the flu catch me outside because i'm going to fight back two um let's talk about nigeria because i need to fight buhari i'm Why? going to fight him i'm going what to fight all the governors I'm, I'm the akuku old men so i can i can rock with them so due to whatever political 
nonsense they are trying to do for the election, the upcoming elections, which is on the 23rd or 26th, I believe, of February. Um, they decided to change um, the currency. So not change, they just changed the color on some of the notes. So it's like someone went into Photoshop. Photoshop, in fact, Photoshop is is expensive. Someone went into edit on their iPhone and just messed mess with the exposure and saturation of the image and said, hey guys, we have a new note. And so they decided to, you know, um, put a deadline for when you can use the old notes. So, pe so people went into the bank, stunned in their old notes, waiting for the new notes to come. Now, let me tell you, two things happened at the same time. One, there are no new notes in circulation, which means people do not have cash. Two, four prizes went from, it used to be 100, 165 Naira for the longest time per liter. And then it went up to, I believe, 290 something. And now it's 500 Naira per liter. So foil is freaking expensive and people do not have cash. Banks are not giving out cash. And now when you go to the bank, they can only give you from your money, your money. You own this money. You put it in the bank for safekeeping. They only give you 10,000 Naira a day. A day. Now, mind you, I said 10,000 Naira a day. Foil is 500 Naira per liter. Please tell me how much 20 liters will cost. And they only give you 10,000 Naira a day. And also, the third thing is Nigeria is experiencing one of the worst inflations it has experienced in a really long time. So the inflation is inflating. The fall prices are rising. Like Nigeria is not an oil-producing country. But of course, we don't have any working refineries. So that that we'll come back to that. And then there I is feel no like cash circulating. Hold on, let me be devil's advocate here because we all know like that policy came from a good place where what policy? The problem, the, the changing of the notes, close the election, so that people because people use politicians have this cash that they, they used to buy votes, right? They have all these old okay. notes, right? And they yes. I agree that implementation and making those notes available. But what I've heard is that the banks are the ones actually holding the new notes and the reason to give them out because they're keeping them for politicians that will okay. use them during elections. Now, there is like that, a bigger... That point, I feel like that second point you just made, it negates the first one. So it's coming from a good place to... so that politicians can't use it, right? So we have a fair at fair the election. same time... The banks are hoarding it. So, so who is yeah, suffering? Yeah, corruption. Yeah, so like, who is so? So my 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 point with when they make these implementations, whether it's for the, it's never for the people. Never, yeah, it's, it's never for the people. It's because it's political opponents trying no, to one up no. each other. No, 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 no. No, Aisha, let me get it off my chest. Political opponents. Someone is saying, oh, this person is going to buy votes. So you know what? I know this person has a lot of cash. We're going to block this person. It's never really about the people. It is never, you cannot even convince me otherwise. It is, when they make things like this, it is never for the people. And okay, they made it. Let's even use your argument that they made this for the people to, to have a free and fair election. Fine. Now, how, when they were making this, why did they not foresee Nigeria being a country riddled in corruption, how did they not foresee that 
that there will be a problem with the banks dispensing money to everyday people because what this has caused is that that new money is now being hoarded for these same politicians that they are trying to prevent from rigging elections and guess what everyday people are starving they are starving I because there is no the frustration money. and I know like I get it what I'm trying to say and I'm not really disagreeing with you what I'm trying to say is CBN was supposed to enforce governance and make sure that those monies are being distributed accordingly by having like policy sorry you know, yeah, that's the every like, time not, they make the a change is not like the this. Problem. It's every, the implementation, it's always that's the, the implementation and the governance. I don't right? care if they want to make the note purple or if they want to make it black. I don't care what they want to do. The implementation is always the problem because not only is there inflation, not only are prices like triple what they would usually be. People are already suffering. I spoke to someone who earns twenty one thousand naira a month, and she's and she's. It's a family of three. They are supposed to survive on 21,000 naira a month. Now, they can't even go to the bank to assess that money. So, with Nigeria and all these stupid policy changes, it is always the implementation that is the problem. But when NSAS was happening, they knew how to trace bank accounts left, right, back, front, center. They knew how to say this money came from this account in this location, in this place. Now, when it comes to dispensing money, so that people can, okay, tell me how businesses are supposed to survive if you are only allowed to take 10,000 naira from the bank every day. And that is if you can get that 10,000 naira. And you know what? They are dispensing it in 50 naira notes. Aisha, before you left Nigeria, when was the last time you counted, you, you, you counted more than five 50 naira notes in your purse? <laughs> now people have... Is what can 50 naira even buy? Exactly. Like, it's... In fact, you're saying 15 naira. What can the 10,000 naira that you are allowed to take a day, what can that buy you? Can that buy you four to run your generator for your, for your small business for eight hours? No. Can that buy you enough to make food for the week for your household? No. Can that pay your child's school fees? No. Can that fix your car if something were to happen? No. And what are they doing? And then Buhari released a, Twitter statements talking about oh god I want to rack with these people so bad talking yeah, about um, <laughs> we have heard the people's complaints and um, this will be rectified between February was it 15th to February 20th so I'm like it's like well I'm meeting with the governors I want to rack all of these old men that somehow it lost their it's a banking issue it's not a government girl I don't issue. care where the issue is I don't care if it's in the bank if it's in the it's governor's the office it's it in to Rock. I don't care what I care about is before you put a deadline for people to turn in their old notes before you say uh, we are changing the notes you should have put implementation policies in place. You should have done your checks and balances. Where is the where is the project um, run through that was done? Where is the breakdown? Where is the analysis? What was done to sanction this project to say yes, go ahead and submit this money by this date without ensuring that these people will get this money when they need it. Whew, okay, that went can harder we, than Can I we thought. move on now? It like, was going to go. <laughs> because if it comes to Nigeria, we're not leaving. No, 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 no. That's, uh, that's really what I wanted to talk about. That's the thing that was on my spirit. 
And um Hey Brian, did you have yeah, anything else? Yeah, I think I'm going to leave it there. I've I've had a rant um, today. Just yeah. Nothing else that than you know, it's this you know, there's always something going on in every, at, at least every West African countries and people are always, you know, it's it. And there's also currently a big political situation in Senegal and people are arguing about, you know, third mandates or, you know, the president going in again to continue his, you know, his next, uh, another presidency term, stuff like that. But yeah. how long do you guys like the Senegal, like how long can they be presidents? Is there a time? frame or like you have people at presidents for like 50 years no like no so it, it, it's a yeah there's a term but like every time so it, there's a maximum two mandates per president and currently the senate uh, the senate you, you know in senegal they're arguing about him wanted to take a, a third mandate so some people don't want him to take a third mandate and he's actually trying to take a third mandate and it's it's complicated Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's on my spirit? Like, I, I, I don't mean. I don't mean to be like vain or anything. Netflix is on my spirit. Yes, that's that was meant to be my thoughts. In thank you. Netflix thank you. is on my spirit. Thank you. Like what in the world do they mean by setting primary location? I've canceled my. It's just, I canceled you my canceled Netflix. Search. I can I canceled it though. I travel for work a lot. Like I like. I enjoy the flexibility of having my Netflix anyway. And yes, I have family members in Nigeria. You cannot tell me. You cannot tell who is my Netflix. We all use it's a family Netflix and we're a distributed family. That's how it works. <laughs> and that's why I pay for multiple multiple screens. I pay multiple screens for this purpose. I pay a lot of money. I pay at least yes, I'm not I pay two screens, so I'm in the middle, I'm not four, but I'm two. But you cannot tell me that I must not have primary location all my all the devices outside of that we need a special code that lasts for only seven days. I'm just like, nah, this is you guys are just being greedy now. Like, nah, I'm not doing this. And then I'm like, I'm canceling it and I actually don't know what will be doing. Maybe it's YouTube, maybe it's prior. I'll go back to or maybe I'll go and unlock my Disney. I don't know. But like <laughs> I'm done with Netflix. That's 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 how I feel. Like they, who is their product manager like, that came up with this brilliant idea yeah, and said this is the way is. um Netflix is broke. Let me tell you what what happened to Netflix. Netflix started. They were the pi- almost like they were pretty much the pioneer in streaming movies, right? They were doing so well. No one could touch them. No one could beat them. Unfortunately, they did not realize that in the future their competitors would be people looking to throw away money. Amazon and Apple are like trillion dollar companies, if I'm not mistaken. These are people that are looking for avenues to push money to avoid taxes. Then, okay, um, Amazon starts um, Prime as like a side thing, right? They have money to throw into it. Apple, same thing. Disney is a company that is over a hundred years old. They have, it's, and all these other streaming companies, um, unlike Netflix, Netflix streaming is their primary operation that's, that's what they yeah, do that's, that's amazon has butter. like warehouses they have aws apple has all their gadgets right disney is over a hundred years old they have merch they have disneyland they have all these other things and then they decided hey you know what let's get in on this streaming action we're going to start streaming what's the first thing disney does they pull all their movies from netflix in one fell swoop they just whoop, it's now on our platform Netflix and 
before this serious com- competition, Netflix was just throwing money into whatever project. Oh, we want to make the show? Here's $200 million. Go for it. And now they have realized that when it comes to the streaming industry now, as it is today, they are at the bottom of the food chain. So yes, they are looking for, they are scrambling. Then they are, they are saying, let's, let's lock up password. No other company, Amazon, Apple, they are not saying let's lock up password. They don't care. They don't care. So Netflix is struggling. I haven't read their emails. Um, I saw it. I glanced at it. I've not made my decision on what I'm going because to do I found about better Netflix. Because I found it um, but two things happened. I got that email today and also I got one from my company. Which, you know what? It's another thing. That's my spirit. Your company. <laughs> not my company. Yeah, so I use Talkspace through my company. So when the yeah. pandemic happened, my company is like mental health. What's so mental health focus? Everybody, therapy on us, right? Now I'm very happy because I can use Talkspace. I can use it twice a month. And it's free for me. Now, one year later, I go in to renew my stuff. When I renew, they say, oh, it's fine. Two weeks later, they send me an email. They're like, well, you know, your company has changed its plans. And you know what? I want to go and wreck with my, my CEO because there are so many things. Why are you so... I, suddenly, are you, no, are you no longer health mental health focused? Because now they're telling me that I have to pay for it through my benefits. Like, you know how you pay for stuff? Like if you go do massage or whatever how yeah. they take it off are you expensive i'm like absolutely yeah. not because i'm already paying for acupuncture and physiotherapy through that i'm not putting this therapy on how them. much do they how much do they give you back 80 percent girl i don't know i don't want to find out you know there's always a cap on those things but see, that means you're still you're still paying. no they should give yeah. me the free because when they started it if they knew they wanted to do that they should have done that from the beginning you don't because so my problem with companies when they do this it's not even my my problem with companies when they do this is the fact that they first sell it to you as something else and they already know it's not sustainable. So if you know that you're not going to do this for the long run, you can say, oh, the first year is free and then the second year you... So you, you, you already know what you're getting into. You don't change it on me when I'm already in the plan and say, oh no, now you have to start, you know, you only get 12 sections and then the rest you have to pay for yourself. No, 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 no. Where's your mental health? Um, all the hurrah you were doing, all the emails that were going out every other day. Oh, we're organizing this. Oh, this, oh, that. Now, suddenly you can no longer afford it. I saw, I saw the email you sent out for your revenue the other day. Oh, in the last quarter, we made XYZ amount. Oh, oh, we keep going up. So what's happening with therapy? And you know what? The next time they do management meeting, come and talk with, to leadership. I am showing up because I'm ready. I am in my racking era. I'm ready to fight. <laughs> We went from Netflix to therapy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clearly, my therapy is not working on my anger. <laughs> so, I want to... I, I just don't like when they do that. For Netflix, I feel like we are beginning to see the beginning of the end of Netflix. Oh, I, hope, I hope not. I, I hope like not. Um, I, I haven't decided what I'm going to do about my Netflix account. I don't know if I'll cancel it yet because I, I, Disney... I think they're trying to adjust things because I remember so back in the days, so Netflix didn't start as a streaming company and I used Netflix when there was it was like really physical discs yeah, that you were borrowing. Out, right? So you, you, yeah, you would, you, you would receive it at home and then you would watch it and then ship it back to Netflix. And oh, they was were that actually, what it was? Like Redbox? Yeah. 
Exactly. It's, it was like Redbox and they were in competition with companies like Redbox and Blockbuster, if you remember. Uh, and then it's just after that, that they started, you, you know, streaming movies and, and, and stuff like that. And they were really like pioneers in the, in the domain. And then after that, you know, Disney came, Amazon, you know, Prime Video came and then all of those, even like now regular, you know, TV channels, they have their own streaming yeah. application that Paramount you can use. Plus. Paramount Plus, exactly. Um, like how so many? but they're still trying to maximize their part of the market you know by you know dealing with uh, i don't know different they're trying to establish uh, themselves in different countries and now we've seen nigeria obviously so with nollywood and then trying to produce movies south africa and uh, different different countries so but I don't know. I don't know about the future. I all I also had an account that I was sharing with family members, and then you know the maximum you know screens that I I can get with Netflix, and now this. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't. I don't know. I'm sharing mine too with like my brother back home. So yeah. I I don't. I don't know what I will do with Netflix yet. But I guess if it gets too expensive, honestly, I'll cut it out. Because truth be told. And alle- I'm going to say allegedly here so nobody can quote me later. Allegedly, you can watch anything you want to watch online. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> and that's what that's all I'm going to say on that. Well, <laughs> so, I don't want I don't want to deal with where you where you have to click. True. Be careful this button and this and that. So true. I mean I don't know. Allegedly, but, uh, they are <laughs> legit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, legit. But it's not in HD though. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah but uh, Prime Prime. I don't think Prime will let me down, so I'm just gonna hang in there. But the problem with Prime is. Prime movies they don't have good quality like I, I use Prime it's, you can just tell like it's, it's so always cheap. dark no, always, <laughs> it's always dark always yeah like dark. It's that's not... my problem with Prime always that except I'm watching like an old movie that I just want to rewatch Prime is just or watch movies that were not made by Prime and then Prime, Disney okay? my problem with Disney is you have to turn your TV volume all the way to max to hear anything. <laughs> Like, like for example, if I'm watching Netflix, my volume is on eight nine. I'm fine. If I'm watching Disney, it has to be minimum thirty for me to hear oh, anything. Okay. Their audio quality is bad for such a giant company. I'm like, who well, did I don't the know. UX? I think that's, they want like a few. I think they have one of the best UX Disney. I don't know about the sound quality, but UX speaking, like using your phone uh-huh. or your TV, they have one of the best. And they even like won a few hours for this. Oh, really? Yeah. Somebody yeah. needs to point out their audio. That's that's <laughs> yeah. my only like um, thing with Disney. I like Disney. I like Disney Plus. It's just that audio thing. It has to. It's like it's like old Nollywood movies where you have to like you have to man your remote when you're watching, like up down up down. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's my only. <laughs> problem with uh maybe except you have surround sound maybe it's better i don't know and then prime it's just dark and my tv setting because of my eyes i have my tv settings to the darkest mode brightness it can give me and with Prime, I'm just like, okay, now am I seeing shadows? <laughs> I <can> see. <laughs> what is no, even, I have the regular sense. Maybe I should change it, but um, it's I, I just don't want to. Uh, but the yeah. other thing, 
that was on my spirit that I wanted to ask, and it should not be a long conversation. Does anybody here have an emergency kit? Emergency home kit, like, you know, where you'd have, like, dried food, touch, battery power, touch light. It's been on my, on my mind for a while to get... I have a list of things I want to get, right? So I started with, like, obviously a rechargeable touch light. And then I want to get um, a battery bank. I don't mean a power bank, a battery bank, like a Jackery battery that comes with solar panels. And you can use that. You can either plug it directly to charge or you can use the sun to charge it. And then it has, like, 110 outlets you can use. It has USB ports you can use. So that's the other thing on my list. <coughs> And then, like, uh, I just don't have the space for it, which is why I don't have, like, all of those, like, dry goods stuff. Um, but I wanted to also get um, a... a uh, What are those heaters called? You know, the ones that use, like, the butane gas? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, no. those kind of heaters. Yeah. Because I remember what happened in Texas a couple of years yeah. ago, and I'm like, I need to have one of those um, just in storage. Just so yeah. that, you know, power outage in winter, you have that, you crack you crack your door open a bit so that the condensation and the fumes can go out and stay warm. So, like, I have a list. I just don't have physical space to keep them, which is why I don't have them. But I, the minute I, I get a basement, the <laughs> minute I get a basement, I'll become, I already know myself, I'll become one of those um, doomsday preppers. <laughs> <laughs> not that I plan to be alive for doomsday don't get me wrong I don't plan because let me tell you what if the apocalypse were ever to happen like sci-fi movies those things we see the person the first person with a gun closest to me I need you to take me out it's already hard being a black woman in North America <laughs> it's already hard surviving on the regular what I don't want to do I don't want to be fighting zombies I don't want to be hustling to survive like oh my god okay you have to be quiet like the quiet place you have to be quiet don't make it sound no take me out take me take me out you know what I want to go meet my ancestors I want to become an ancestor <laughs> take me out take the first person like whatever the quickest way to go is if it's stepping on something so that aliens can take me whatever method is the fastest one is what I'm taking I don't want to be running around because let me tell you another angle that a lot of people have not thought about. What women have thought about, right, is when people survive doomsday, let's say one million people survive. Just just a random number. One million people survive. Let's say of that one million, one million a hundred thousand are women. I feel I still think a lot more women will survive because I don't know, men like to sometimes, you know, that macho. <laughs> you can call it macho sometimes or you can call it protective. I don't know. It depends, I, right? Hmm, because why is it that you go into, you, you go to a group of men and you say, what would you do if a lion ran towards you? And I kid you not, if it's a group of 10 men, eight men will say, ah, they can take the lion on. <laughs> <laughs> Only two would run. But yeah. if you ask a group of 10 women, what would you do if a lion were coming? They would find the nearest exit. Right. So, if, oh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if I were to pose that question to you, but I would not do it to you because I don't know what your what your answer well, would be. My my answer in front of a lion, a hungry lion, to run. Okay, there is no. Yeah, that is the only right answer. Run! <laughs> it is the only. I don't care whether the lion yeah. is hungry. If it just ate, run! What if yeah. what if it ate and it wasn't full? Yeah, 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 and so. The the thought with like apocalypse is at the end 
let's say a million people survive. Let's say 200,000 of that million are women. What do you think would happen to the women? Because the next thought would be to repopulate the earth, right? Or we have to grow population again. What do you think would happen to... We already know um, in situations of war, we already know what happened to women and children. Yeah. It's not far-fetched to think of what would happen to women and children after an apocalypse. Trust me, me personally, I don't want to find out. So today we are going to be talking about the Jollof Empire, aka the Wolof Empire, because I know a lot of people like myself included um, only knew it as the Wolof Empire, but it's also, it's actually the Jollof Empire. Which honestly, I can't lie. Let me, let me, side note, I can't lie. It's so hard for me to say Jollof Empire because. Every time I say Jollof Empire, I just see rice. Welcome to the rice part. I just see rice. So I'm really trying to be an adult here when I say Jollof Empire and not Boston to Eagles. So, um, Aisha, do you want to lead us into the Jollof Empire? Yeah, of course. So, the Jollof Empire, well, the Jollof Empire, mm-hmm. Nigeria, the and Jollof also it is Empire. Jollof, not Jollof. You Nigerians, it's Jollof, J O. Okay. Well, this is this was an empire that you know, according to history, says existed existed between the 14th and the 19th century, and obviously we all know like there was variation. Some say it was a bit earlier, some say it was much later. Um, but it was it's pretty much around that time period. Um, the empire was actually known for its wealth, uh, um, its political system and organization. If you ask me, like I will dive deep into it, I, I would say you could almost say this is one of the histories of like what a democratic society or parliament type society looked like. Um, but like it's you know the Jollof Empire was located in West Africa. Um, in what is called modern day Senegal, um, the Jollof Empire would had like a couple of kingdoms associated with it. Um, but basically, what happened was there were four, I think it was five major kingdoms, and then there was the, you know, the the Jollof itself. So there was Walo, Kayo, Baal, Sin, and Salom. Ibrahim, did I say that right? Am I yes, just tell me if I'm sure? No, that's that's perfect. Okay. Seen and Salom. Um and basically the Jollof Empire was actually landlocked. Like um, but I I think uh Cairo was was what was close to like the ocean and I would say like you know had a lot of trade with like the Portuguese and all that. Um but basically the Jollof Empire was it was in such that the head of the empire was voted by um, almost like the it was like a, it was like a system. There were like maybe the different leaders in the different kingdoms who come together with like some other people that were appointed by the state, and then they would vote like the leader of the empire. So it was like it wasn't like oh like what, what we find with other um, empires, like when we talked about the Bean Empire, where there was one person that ruled the entire empire. Like it was people voted the leader of the empire 
um, the kingdoms had a say, and it was it's almost like similar to how you I would say you have like the governor of a state is in charge of their kingdom, right? So those kingdoms, the leaders were in charge of their kingdoms, and then you had like a federal government, like that was like the wall of empire, it was like the federal, and there was all these kingdoms that had autonomy and in some sense independence, but they were still managed by the empire or governed by the empire. Um, and I think like, according to what I read, the Gambian River was how the, because they were landlocked, right? Because, but they had like the, the Gambian River was how the, I guess they managed the other kingdoms, right? And stuff like that. So that's like a, that's like a general overview. I'm going to let you guys chime in. Um, <laughs> I, I think I have a question though. <clears throat> um, the, hmm. The uh, majority tribe of the Jolof Empire, they had, they were from the Wolof ethnic group, correct? Yes, the Wolof ethnic group. And today it's the language that is the most uh, spoken in Senegal. Oh, okay. So from like these five um, kingdoms that Aisha mentioned, which, which one do they fall under? Like there's Wallo, Keo. I think they were separate. They were separate. The Wallof yeah. was separate from these other kingdoms. Okay, so this, so is it? So the Jolof, you mean? Oh, the, the Jolof. Sorry, the yeah. Jolof. <laughs> okay, so sorry, I'm just trying to paint, paint a picture in my head. Um, so we had like the, um, uh, the Wallof. Um, uh, would I say maybe like the kingdom in the middle, and then we had the other five kingdoms around them, and all of them together made the Jolof Empire. Is that what it is? Yeah. Looks so like? we have Wallo, Kayor, Bayol, Sin, and Salum. And all of that constituted the Jolof Empire, yeah. Yeah, so I guess that's where I keep getting confused. So where does the Wolof um, tribe fall? Ethnic that So Wolof is an ethnic group inside the Jolof Empire, and it's the biggest ethnic group in the Jolof Empire. So oh, you have also group, Fulani. Not necessarily like the kingdom. It's just like, oh, okay, okay. It's an ethnic group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. there you go. Okay, that makes so much sense now. Um, that's very interesting. And I would say, like, what made the Wall of Empire really powerful and successful was what's in trade, right? So they traded a lot in gold. Uh, they traded in, was it cotton? Like the, the clothing, for example. Um, they traded... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I was going to bring you back because I know now you're talking about like the economy of the the empire. I I want to go back a little bit to like the um maybe would I say like the political structure, right? So I know like okay, so it's it comprised of these five kingdoms, but they had like one major ruler, right? Like the way you described it between like the state and federal. Yeah. So that central ruler I would say maybe like king or queen. Um, was that person's decision like the final say? So like if that person said, this is how we are going to conduct business, so then... It wasn't, it, it was, he wasn't ruling by himself. He had also advisors. He had also the different kingdom, kingdoms, the different kings. 
So he was getting advices from everywhere, and then probably like the final decision was his, but not until he consulted with oh. every, everyone around. Yes, him. okay. So that's why I said I, it felt like a democracy, like it was like a parliament. Yeah. Like there was, it wasn't just like oh, there was this one person. He says so, is he says so? It was like all these kingdoms had chiefs that contributed to like any major decisions that was made and they were part of the decision so that when the head of Wolof took the decision everybody was on board because I'm sure there was like there were conversations they it was like oh who has the majority vote or the majority like I think that was the system that was operated okay so I think my next question in regards to that and I feel like I'm I don't know why I suddenly started conducting this like an interview like I'm interviewing <laughs> both of you uh, but I just have so many questions um, I think the other thing I'm very curious about so we have five kingdoms right that makes up this empire what and of course we cannot go back in history and know all of this for a fact but I'm just very curious as to how it came about so like how they all came together to say, okay, we're going to be this Jolof Empire. What made um, the the now I'm confusing myself. So Expansion. The yeah, like how did they come about? Why did they come together as an empire? The, that's one part of it. I think the other part is we have this central authority figure who, yes, he has to have a some kind of like um, council with the others before a decision is made yes I, I get that what made whoever whichever like um kingdom was the central kingdom what made that one the the focus or what made them the better ones to be the place of central power if if that makes sense yeah there was always a, there was definitely a founder right um yeah, so my, my yeah, because now let me paint a picture. So the by default, right, they are landlocked. And it's like maybe one tribe which tribe was it Kayo? That it's is by the by the water. It's Kayo, yeah, right? Kayo, so they're almost all have like a strip of you know uh, uh water. Water you know, either it's so on the only the Walo and the Salum. So Salum is the most so southern part. So Salum maybe is close to the beach at the same time and the Gambia River and Walo is close to the beach and the Senegal River. But the other, they always like west uh, on the on the west. So they always have a link to the sea, right? Kayo, Baol and Sin. Oh, okay. Yeah. But their coming together was actually voluntary. So there was, they were like, the Wall of Empire started you know, with somebody and some other small states, beginning with Walu, that yeah. voluntarily decided to come together to and form, form the power. empire. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it wasn't like there, there was some war. Oh, okay. I don't think there were wars that were fought that they were forced on that region. Maybe they were, but not all of them, because like you have to, you have to see how it was founded, and you know, marriages happened between this et ethnic group and this other yeah. ethnic group, and then they founded like a small city that became a kingdom that became later like part of the empire. So, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, because um, I initially I was just wondering, like, oh, okay, so did one kingdom just decide hey everybody else come to me and then we'll make one big kingdom and my my reasoning was <coughs> if the one kingdom that started it all if they are landlocked 
what is the advantage for me who is by like by the this sea was before or by the, the trade though this was before the i know but was, like, like even even Venice before like international trade when you when Atlanta i think about trade. like let's be let's call it what it is no i'm not even talking about like the slave okay. trade i'm talking about just trade like in okay. cloth and whatever um the river if you're surrounded by river it's always a way it's always how do i put it it's like for example it's like when you're picking an apartment to live in not a house an apartment you want to pick a place that is close to the subway you want to pick a place that is accessible by bus you want to pick a place that is close to shops that has walkable um a walk walkability score right so hear me out when i'm thinking about like the kingdoms that are that have more water bodies surrounding it i'm thinking about oh it's easier to trade if you're by the water because you can move easily to other places or in times of i don't know natural disasters or whatever you can maybe escape through the water or in times of war you can escape via the water so when i'm thinking about this i'm thinking like okay if but then you i guess you have also explained it where you said it was voluntary they're like hey let's come together and form this big empire but what i was thinking before and i think i was misinformed was i was thinking that there was one um kingdom that then started like maybe pulling the other ones to itself and that one was landlocked so i'm like um based off of that information i was thinking like what is the benefit for me if i'm by the water to align myself to you who are landlocked who is landlocked but i guess when you put it as we together we can be like one super super house one huge power yeah. together that makes sense because i guess you know um it's stronger when you're united instead of fighting each other so uh, that makes sense so i just answered my own question after rambling so I'm, I'm going to thank me for answering my question. <laughs> 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 Sometimes I have to say this thing out loud for it to make sense in my head. But, right. Yeah. So actually, we're talking about like um, the economics, how they traded, and uh, yeah, like they they trade. I feel like so they traded a lot, you know, within the kingdom, but they also traded outside. So if we think about the the trade to the Sahara, um, the trade across the ocean, I think to all, all the, some of the other empires around, like, uh, the one in, in, that was in Somalia, what was that other empire? There was a song, song, Songai, Songoi, Songai, Songai. yeah, yeah, Songai empire. Look at, if you look at the, Mali Empire, all those other empires, right? There were there were lots of trade that used to to happen um, back then, so that's where they got a lot of their wealth from. But I think that in in the fact that they came together voluntarily in the first place, and I'm not saying there were no fights and there were no wars then, but like to think that how the wall of empire then be got to that point where it disintegrated um you know we can always trace like any other history or some of the other em- um, kingdoms and empires we've spoken about in the in this podcast to the atlantic trade to when the portuguese started to come and Absolutely. then slaves it's like and then it became a situation of well like so they were trading they traded in the world of empire traded in slaves too right so like like any other um, community or empire there were different classes of people we had the free we had the free bonds we had the slavers and then we had the, the workers who were like you know the ones who created the textiles who created like the 
the things they were trading in, the musicians, like they had an entire, they had an entire system, right? And it wasn't also the same idea of slave that they had that we have and that the European had at the time. So it was really different. And uh, so in some part of Africa, slavery was very cultural. Some part, not all of the part, but in some part, it was very cultural and it was not like, so slaves is a word that have different meanings depending on where you were at the time. So it's very important to put yeah, that. Yeah, it's almost like help. Like I think about the Bible and think about how Abraham back in the day, you know, had slaves. Like we call it slaves. Some would say, oh, this is like the help or like it was, it was a cultural thing that there were some people who were just like low income and who served like the elites or the, the people in the society, right? But obviously the problem with last with anything else is that the Europeans come and then they blow it out of the water and make this thing a completely different thing than it originally was. So yeah, then they started to trade in, in, in slaves too, as well, selling to the Portuguese. Cause then again, Portuguese came, um, obviously everybody's trying to, it's like, like any other kingdom, like the Daomi and the Oyo Empire and that relationship then it's like, we're going to give these people more power and more guns and, you know, to become a bit more of a problem to other people. And I think that's where, um, the kingdom of, uh, what was the kingdom? The kingdom of Kayo. Uh, Kayo. Kayo were the first one. I think the of empire started to crumble when Kayo was like, they were going to disintegrate or they were sorry, they were going to come up, come out of the wall of empire because they were the ones close to the water so that was where, like the trade and then the portuguese came the slave trade all those items right that they were trading and kaya was like i feel like kaya was like well we don't really need you like they got if, if we own the majority of the of the water where the trade happens and we can keep all that money for ourselves without reporting to the you know the empire like because the empire is like you collect taxes right federal government collects taxes from all the kingdoms and you have to pay your tribute so it's like why are we paying when we can collect all our money and hold it and when and now we won't date this water now our water business is like okay yeah like we're going to come out and i feel like that's where the majority of the problems started and then honestly when you even put it like that even if it wasn't like let's for a, a split second if we remove the portuguese and you know all of that jazz from it i still think it was going to be a natural end in the way that if at some point more trade with other empires started getting more and more um robust and um rewarding i think at some point Kaya would still have been like why are we part of this in fact we should be the empire and everyone else should be on us yeah. because we are the ones controlling trade i feel like if we even remove the portuguese like that would have been a natural um decline because yeah. Even if we remove greed from the equation, just think about power and structure. If I was in Kenya at some point, I'd be like, why do we need these people? They need us more than we need them. So. But that, it never plays out. Though, of course it never way. plays if out. I think, if I take Nigeria and I think about where the majority of our resources are and the people that actually have the most power is not where the resources are. Yeah, yeah. The Northerners. Nigeria was yeah, not set up for success from, from the, from the, <laughs> from the jump. Like, 
I think Nigeria is one of those countries that should have been the way we have North and South America or North and South Sudan, North and South. I think Nigeria should have been North and South Nigeria, like as two separate countries. Because, but Nigeria was not set up to succeed. I at least that's that's my take on it. It was never set up to succeed. Um, it was always a psychological mind game, which is why they decided to join. I don't think any African country was set up to exactly. succeed because of the borders, because of the division. Exactly. Right? Even the way the borders were set up, right? Yeah. You are putting um, tribes that never saw eye to eye. You are putting them together as one country. It's a house divided in itself cannot stand. It was never set up to succeed from jump, right? But in the case of like the Wall of Empire, just because they came together, like let's say opposed to other empires where some of it came from um who is to say um maybe came f- mostly from like war and conquering conquering other places. We can say that the uh uh Jolof Empire uh, a lot a lot of it came from like a an agreement to come together to be to become something bigger um but just even looking at the progression and just um the geographical locations of some of this kingdom i can all i can just see how it's a natural decline where at some point ko would have just been like you yeah, know, they I tried. Give them, i yeah, give them ahead. a lot of i give them a lot of props for that because at the time making of federations out of empires with the means that they had communication wise you know uh transport wise it wasn't an easy thing it wasn't an easy fit but it's 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 a lot of crap and for the small story so about kayo and and how the jewel of the decline of the jewel of empire so it's a part of the story but it's not the full story so the founder of uh no, what I'm going to say, I mean, so the founder of the Jolof Empire uh, is, uh, so his name was Jai. And my family name is, so you write it D-I-O-P, Diop in English, but we say Job, Job, right? And Job is a descendant. So the first Job was a descendant of Jai. It was his um it was his eldest son i think and he had a disagreement with his dad and then he separated from the job of empire so he went to ally with people in kayo and then he even changed his name because originally his family name was Ndiai, but he changed it to job and job in wolof means so jubo jubo means uh basically the 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 bird the crown crane you know the the bird the crown crane because it was his totem so he liked it and then he took the name so it was a bit of you know family uh a family beef a little bit of a family beef with everything that was going on you know carol was the biggest one and then all of these things so that's how this is part of the story, but That's also to explain that, yeah, and I and also know someone with that last name from Senegal. Yeah, it's actually one of the most common yeah. names. So Diai and Job are the most common. So my first and last name, for example, I always say that Ibrahim Job is like when you say John Smith in the US. Or <laughs> it's, it's really common. It's really really common. Oh. And so to go back to how it was founded as well. So, um, Jajan Jai comes from, so he is the son of one guy that came from Mauritania, from the north. So his name was Abu Dardé, or he has also many different names historically, but, um, and he had Jajan Jai with a, a Fulani princess. So basically the, the Jolof Empire comes from 
Mauritania and Fulani. They had a son and then he was Jajanjai. And then he founded the Walu and then the Jalaf came from there. And so his son, so he had a son uh, also, you know, was the first of the, the Job, the Jobin in Senegal. Wow. So his so son uh, had a hand in... Disintegration. Disintegration due to like I, yeah, family yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's not the full story, but yeah. I know that he had it's it's part of the story, yeah. Yeah, and you see like how it was founded, it was really by alliance. So he married a, a Fulani princess and then they found an empire and then this guy married this one and then so it's it's really alliance and, and partnership that founded the Jell of Empire. Very common to like some of these movies I've watched around, like you know, everybody's. I mean, Game of Thrones is not real history, but like, you're married, <laughs> like, that, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. like, this family marries other family to join the yeah. houses. Yeah. yeah, it's like a concept but that it, has it, existed. I still find it interesting that you know, Wolof comes partly from you know, Mauritania and Fulani, and uh, but. Yeah, it's it's just it's just fun. It's very it's interesting, interesting to see how yeah. cultures are made. How yeah. like if you go back in history, I always uh, joke like that. If I could have any superpower, I want the ability to be able to just oh, watch history like a TV series, but real yeah. history. Like that would be my superpower. I would be able to say, "Oh, I want to see the start of the Wall of Empire," and I'll just be able to watch it. That would be yeah, 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 exactly. And languages to be able to speak all languages. Mm. But that's that's a very very interesting history. Um, do you do you by chance know more about like so like when the son, the one who became uh Job, when he aligned himself with the um Kayo Kingdom? Do you have any? So he no, but I know that he has he had allies in the Kayo Kingdom Kingdom, and then he had a disagreement with his father. So he went away and then founded like a, 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 another province. And then, so basically, and he was even known as, before he took the name Job, he was known as Gedo Getjai. So Gedo means uh, rebellion, basically, or I rebelled against you. So uh, I, don't, I don't have all the details, unfortunately, but no, it was something like that. I just feel like our histories are so... Unfortunately, because I, I guess we, our histories are not documented the way the West documents, and then colonization and slavery has robbed us of a lot of... Um, I think there are some things that we will just... Yeah. We had oral, oral history, but we had also a lot of documents because we had schools and universities that has been oh, had been true. destroyed. That and uh, so this is unfortunate, but we had a lot of documentation that, and even like now, how we know about. So that's a false narrative then that we Yeah, I think, well, we, we did have but we also had powerful like oral or, yes. history that is still present that to was this their day. role that was their job in the community to ensure that this um, yeah. oral history was passed from one yeah. person to the next yeah uh, from father to son or from mother to daughter things like that yeah and Ibrahim when we talk about religion right many some history texts say the um, Jell of Empire like resisted a lot of external religions 
uh, on up, up until the point where you know it started to be more you know Islamic, and up till today, majority of people in Senegal are still are Muslims. Um, but what I hear, I don't hear them say is this: the traditional Jalof, you know, religions along. Like what's what are what were those religions, right? Like what were outside of Islam coming in after the fact? I suppose we don't have a lot of details about that because, as I said, how the Jalof empires were was founded. It's it came from a person that was Muslim that came from Mauritania, and another person that was also Muslim. It was a Fulani princess, and so they had a son, and then they founded the Walu Walu, and then it went like that. But we also have like you know like today, where you will find a lot of details about old religion is uh, in the south of Senegal mostly. Because they still have that culture there. In the north of Senegal, you won't have that much because of how it was founded and how it was created and it all disappeared. But you still have like, uh, you know, religion from before in uh, southern of Senegal. So Casamance region or, you know, yeah, mostly around Casamance region or around the Gambia. Do you know personally anyone who practices... Um, the old religions. So, uh, I wonder if it's similar no, usually, to West African old Usually, religions. you're either you, you have a main belief system, so either Christianity or Islam, and then you still have your old uh, beliefs. If you're from Casamance, for example, it's it's there's a lot of cultural aspect to it, but you still have yeah, like your old belief system, and then you still believe in you know a few things that they say in the villages and stuff. But you always have like a main. If you're from you know big cities and not you know big city you, modern cities, like you always have a you're either Christian or Muslim, and then you have that on the side. I think that's what shocked me when I was in Benin Republic is how like they practiced at least two religions. Like there was one one Christian or Muslim and a traditional religion. Yeah. People were practicing yeah. two, three religions according to like, you know, the, the local beliefs and, you know, anything that's popular like because, Islam. Yeah, because they still believe in it and so I mean, there's a few things that you still believe in and it's, it's really strong in the culture or strong in the mind. And sometimes, I don't know, I think sometimes these things might exist because. Of course. Uh, it's like yeah. somebody telling me that village people powers do exist because of Christianity <laughs> and Islam. Are you, yeah. are you serious? Well, I don't know about, so, uh, yeah. Of course, I mean, yeah. I don't know about all, all the details about the religion, but in most, monotheist religion we believe in you know supernatural things right genes or angels and these things so i mean it's very similar to our traditional religions right and maybe it's the same thing i don't know but there's something there there is there's definitely something there i low-key i believe it at all because <laughs> there is just there's just i recently i've been very obsessed with the um the Orishas of the Yoruba land. Mm. Um, so, and then I started reading a lot of books that just started featuring the Orishas, and I'm like, I have to dedicate time and dive into this um, Orishas. I, I just want to know more. So, I I kind of believe they all exist. Um, some of them are the same across our different like ethnic groups, just called different names. I'm just very intrigued about them so yeah it's very interesting 
Um, and I think the final question is, how does the Jollof Empire relate to the popular Jollof rice delicacy? <laughs> oh man, come on. <laughs> now, as a Nigerian... <laughs> You have to post a picture of the real jollof rice on your social media. You know what? Account, For this episode, Instagram or something. We will. Oh, we will. Um, yeah. yeah okay. Sure. Let Let us pay homage to the OG. Yeah. The OG. We have taken it. We have made Modified it in different ways, but the OG yeah. remains. And it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I think it was mostly trade and exchanges between people. And that's why it's called jollof rice because people traveled, they saw the way rice was cooked in Senegal. And so the main dish is chebujin, rice and fish. And you have rice and then that is cooked into some kind of tomato sauce. And then all of these things comes after. But it's the same way we cook. We, we cook the same way for a, a different kind of dish called chebuyap, which is rice and meats. So we have a lot of ways to cook like this. So um, basically rice, inside a sauce that becomes you know the, the the main the main meal and so that's why i think trade and exchanges so they saw how the rice was cooked and then they used the same way the rice was cooked and then they added something of their own so either chicken or plantain or ah, like yeah. when i had do you know the senegalese jollof doesn't include plantain I'm like, how can you, how can I, as a Nigerian, eat jollof rice without plantain? So no, I mean, like, if I really way, want to experience... The same way, the same way you say plantain is, it should be in rice, it's the same way we, we, we're like, man, come on, they're putting bananas in rice or plantains in rice? That's, that's, you know? <laughs> that's, that's very interesting. Um... But they're both good. Yep. So I've tasted the Nigerian jollof rice. I've yet and it's to taste excellent. the Senegalese milk, <laughs> but I have yeah. to remedy that. So actually, I should Google uh, where where can the I recipe. get. No, I'm not going to attempt to cook it myself. I'm just going to Google where can I get the best Senegalese jollof rice in Toronto. That's what I'm going yeah, to do. I should have a and then few places, yeah. and just you know, have, <laughs> have an experience. But um, I think an interesting fact that we can end this with is. The Jollof Empire might be gone from history, but it remains in our food because we still call its name every time. Even though we have this rice wars, Jollof, um, Nigerian Jollof, uh, Ghana Jollof, and we're arguing back and forth, we always subconsciously acknowledge the Jollof Empire and its legacy. And this is why I guess people would say like, history travels through food a lot of times and we get to experience it with jollof rice so thank you uh jollof empire although <laughs> you were you're That's not nice. here in our although we we'll argue that the nigeria jollof is still the best i, I don't know if i will make that uh, argument i'm just going know. to say yeah. ours is a different is there thing. any Ghanaian? Uh, i mean I'm, I'm i'm just afraid that I've you might start a war in social i've tried <laughs> have you tried Ghanaian jollof i've tried Ghanaian. i used to have a Ghanaian friend she made me a Ghanaian jollof it's okay. It's good. It's not bad, but I feel like the Nigerian jollof is is something. Senegalese jollof is actually really good too. I'm not gonna come. It's biased. I just can't. I just like it's like none of them have our smoky sort of like addition oh, to it, like how we try to make it smoky. Like you don't want to argue, but you're arguing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
hilarious. <laughs> yeah. um, well, it's good. Yeah, so I want to take this time to say thank you, Ibrahim. We are very happy to that you were able to join us on this episode. We really appreciate thank you. Thank you. That was really appreciate fun. your time. And um, do you want to tell the people where they can find you? Are you on social media? Do you want to be found online? Yeah, I mean, my handle is most of the time is Diopib, so D I O P I B on Instagram or Twitter, so they can find me. And then, yeah, happy to connect. And just a disclaimer: I'm by no means a historian, so whatever I've said is based on my own culture and what I've learned through time and my experiences. So I hope I was able to satisfy most of the listeners. And this was really fun. Yay. Awesome. So thank, thank you. you everyone for listening. I mean, they already know that me and Drew are not historians. Like, no, <laughs> they already know. We don't want to give this time. If you guys don't know by now, we can't help you. We can't help you. That's why everything you listen to, go, go for check it. Um, and also, you know, if we said anything, um, if we misspoke, let us know. We are learning just as you are. So if you are quote unquote a historian, let us know. Um, so yes, on that note, we have come to the end of this episode. Thank you everyone for listening. You can find us at Rogan Learning on all social media platforms. Send us an email if you want to argue facts at contact at roganlearning.com. And on that note, guys, we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs> Bye. Bye.